I went to an event where I was giving a, a talk to a group of local employees. So some of them I knew. And I went into the venue and one of the ladies that I know that I've not seen, obviously, for a couple of years because of maternity leave and because of COVID, sort of looked through me like she didn't recognize me and I remember at that point feeling she doesn't know who I am because I'm five and a half stone heavier than I should be. Losing weight isn't easy and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm your host, Carl, and welcome to the show. Today, I've got a special guest from a bit further up north from where I'm from, just on the outskirts of Burnley. Welcome to the show, Jodie. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing great. And it's absolutely fantastic that you could join me. Thank you. Before we got started, I was actually just having a look on your Instagram profile. You just had a nice holiday in Cyprus. How was it? Oh, absolutely amazing. And uh, even better that I could enjoy it at my current sort of weight and fitness and confidence, really. So yeah, amazing. Thank you. And that really came through on the posts that I saw, you know, talking about confidence, talking about comparing to previous holidays, being mindful of the things you're eating. There was something you'd said that, you know, there'd been some days where you'd been mindful, some days you'd overindulge, lots of cake, if I remember correctly. Lots of cake. But, you know, (laughs) but that's great. And the fact that you wrote about it in a way that you felt happy, I think says a lot about the journey you must have been on and where you are today in terms of a headspace and the weight that you've lost yeah definitely I think that the journey that I've just been you know most recently been on to get to a sort of happy and healthy weight um has been more than what I weighed on the scales but probably for the first time in my life anyway and it's been more about a healthy balance that I've never really had in my life okay Um, and it's sort of a, a balance where um I'm I'm not in a mindset where I have a meal or a day that it doesn't quite fit the plan that I'm following and I think oh sad it stuff it game over lose control and sort of maybe binge you know more of a feel like I'm in a space where I've got more of a long-term plan to have a healthy balance amazing and we'll get into that during the episode and I hope you know you can share some of the tips and advice that you've learned along the way in your experiences. But Jodie, why don't we start off? Why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself, apart from the fact you've just got back from Cyprus? Yeah, so I just got back from Cyprus with a fiancé and a three-year-old. So I've got a three-year-old little boy due to get married in May next year. Um, but Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we got uh, engaged quite a long time ago. And again, um, I think sort of the common thing for me in terms of where I'm at with my weight loss journey is that it didn't just affect sort of the size of clothes that I wore um or you know the weight on the scales but it affected every single aspect of my life to the point where I've never felt comfortable walking down the aisle and actually getting married I've been engaged for seven years and now is the time where I feel comfortable to put on a wedding dress so can't wait for that fantastic yeah. And you deserve to enjoy it, isn't it? It's one of these occasions where you, you want to truly enjoy it and feel comfortable, look back at it, be happy with everything there. And so 
would it would it be fair to say then that you've been struggling with your weight for a few years? Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably longer than that, but not necessarily aware of it. Um, even from sort of a young child, you don't necessarily understand or process it in the same way as I have done lately. Um, but I, when I was younger, I remember um, family members and you know friends talking about puppy fat and oh she'll lose it she's puppy fat and as she gets older the weight will come off that kind of thing but never really you know I have those memories I never really understood at the time uh, much about nutrition or what my weight should be as a child um, and yeah it's something that I've sort of struggled with my my whole life really but more consciously um, and sort of more sort of negative thoughts that I've had about myself more in recent years, yeah, definitely been a struggle. And do you think as well, Jodie, that having those memories of people talking about your weight and talking about you having puppy fat and all these quite innocent and cute ways to describe being overweight as a child, which like you say, they don't really feel offensive at the time. They don't really feel invasive or that you've got a problem. But do you think some of those have perhaps impacted things throughout the journey and now that you've got a better understanding of what that meant in that time do you have a different reflection on it I think um it's tricky because I've got a three-year-old and I'm very conscious of the fact that he lives a healthy lifestyle and that he, he eats nutritious foods and that he's part of that process and he understands the foods that we eat and why we eat foods for you know for energy and all you know that kind of thing but as a, a, a young mum young myself but also the fact that I've got a young child um, it is something that I do think about um, now more consciously, like how do does my behaviour affect the, my child, how he's brought up, the influence that, influences that he's got around him, definitely. And I think the, sure. the sort of harmless comments that people don't necessarily realise at the time might impact you. Um, I think as I got older, I think there was one time, you know, it had a bit of a hard time at school being overweight again never really let it bother me to a point where I, I felt like it was and that you know I didn't let it bother me kind of I don't know whether that was because I was resilient or I, I'm not too sure but I used to get called chubby at school and I think the first time it neg negatively impacted me I got moved tables in a class and I sat down at my new table and one of the lads said to me on that table, oh, all the fat people are on one table now you've moved on here. And that was probably the first time, maybe around 12, 13, I actually thought about my weight as a negative thing. And yeah, from that point, I guess I've had issues with weight, weight loss, nutrition, all of those kind of things that impact, you know, where I am today. Of course. And 13 years old is such a, a difficult age anyway. You know, yeah, being a, a, a teenager wanting to fit in, and I've I've spoken about it before on previous episodes as well. But it's it's just tricky, and you just don't want anyone to call out anything that makes you stand out from anybody else because it's highly embarrassing. But also, if it's something you're self conscious about, it's also really upsetting. And like you say, you form memories. For me, it was yeah. being told by one of the, the dads from like one of the, my friends. His dad mentioned that I had footballers thighs, and. Uh, Looking back at it now, I realized, and the thing was, even as a kid, I realized he was saying I had chubby legs. Yeah. But the way he said it was, again, in a way that he thought no harm would be meant. But I've I've carried that for years. Yeah, and there's still, a lot of things I think that we say 
that appear to be acceptable, but they, even if you don't realize at the time, they actually impact your behavior or the way you process things or, you know, the outcome from that point when, um, the, the lad really innocently, you know, he didn't say it with any, you know, it wasn't being nasty. It was just a comment, no. you know, an observation or oh, we're all fat on this table, you know, but from that point, I didn't eat for a while, you know, I had a phase okay. where I wouldn't eat. And that became a problem with my family because I'd had food in the bin and, you know, that it, it, it did impact me, unfortunately. Of course. And this is something as well, and I'm going to ask you, especially because you have a three-year-old, I remember in my house is, you know, you want dessert, you finish your meal, yeah. you eat everything up if you want to yeah. get dessert. And that was like the reward for eating all your food. So you're rewarded with more food for eating all the food, even if you weren't hungry. Yeah. And that, I think, is more of a generational thing in that, if you go back one generation, even third, like to my, my grandparents' age, I'm not going to make assumptions where we're, we're in the same age group here. I, I know you're a lot younger than me. But if I look at my grandma's age, it would come from a time post-war where it was kind of like, you know, you eat everything and you'd be respectful and grateful that you've got a meal because, you know, sometimes times might be more, more tough or something like that. And I think it's just carried on. But I'm very conscious of the fact here in our family that if the children aren't hungry and even if they don't eat their dinner, if they miss one meal, it's not going to do them any harm if yeah. it's just one meal, you know, and and sometimes it's even better to let them be a bit hungry and, and kind of contemplate, okay, was it really worth it? Or, you know, what are the consequences of missing a meal rather than force them and sit them there and, and make them eat their food. But how do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, I completely agree. And as well, it's that kind of, you want to wrap your children up in cotton wool, but you also know you can't do that because they've got to find their own feet, but the outside influences. So as much as I try to control what Aubrey eats in, a, you know, he's controlled, it's nutritional, he has the occasional treats, um, grandparents or other family members or outside influences, that's all going on around you as well. And I don't want to yeah. sort of, you're quite conscious, aren't you, that you've got had issues with food or you've had uh, issues with, with with that kind of thing. You, you don't want it to become uh, a problem for them. And how do you navigate that? Because I'm, you know, just finding a balance at 34. And how do I make sure that my son doesn't have the same issues that I had growing up with food or overeating or very, very much emotional eating? Um, and it is, isn't it? You've just sort of, you do your best, but you don't want it to become something that's extreme. And I find that a really tricky balance. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Because I think as well with that, it's something you're very sensitive to, but you don't want to draw more attention to exactly. it as necessary. Because you don't exactly. want to create a problem where it wouldn't necessarily exist. And, and I think when grandma arrives and she's bought chocolate, that's what grandma's going to do. So you've got to sort of think, right, well, in this instance, it's all right. Like, don't stress it. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Grandparents are always going to spoil <laughs> their grandchildren and exactly. you can't avoid it. And, and I think it's probably maybe even better to associate those treats with grandparents and things like that. And then just a normal day-to-day -day life, maybe being more balanced and more healthy is, yeah. is something that I think so many factors depend on your ability to be able to, you know, pick and choose. Maybe some people aren't fortunate enough to be able to go and get all the most healthy and nutritious vegetables and food for their children. So they kind of have to find that balance in different ways. So it can be very difficult for people, but it's, I think ultimately if you have their best interests at heart, and make those choices based on that and have at least a base knowledge of, of nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I sort of maybe lacked or missed as a child. Like when at school there was nothing that taught us about nutrition or the value of food or 
you know, what we should be fueling our bodies with. So I think if I can do that for my son, then at least he's in a position where he maybe understands a little bit more about the the foods he should be fueling himself with. So I kind of want that to be the leading message rather than good foods and bad foods. And, you know, you shouldn't have treats, for example, because of X, Y, and Z. I'd actually like him to be be able to make those choices <clears throat> and those decisions where necessarily I might not have necessarily been able to do when I was a child. Okay. And and you said you're 34, so you're, you're not that much younger than me, you're only five <laughs> years younger. But I think when we were at school and especially for our parents, there was so much less information available. You Absolutely. know, we were going through a time where fat was the enemy. You know, if you consume too much fat, it would make you fat. And these then obviously we went through phases of Atkins diets and low carbing and stuff like that. And yeah. I think we've come full circle now to the point where everybody's kind of got all of the information out on the table and it's easier to make an informed decision yeah. rather than following fad diets so much. But I, I could talk about this for ages, Jodie, because <laughs> it's such an interesting topic and I can tell you're passionate about it as well. But I'd love to hear more about your story in terms, you know, the journey that you've been on. Yeah. So you, you've told me that obviously you had difficult teenage years in terms of having issues with your weight and before we started recording you said as well that you know after having your son it took you a while to get your head round to wanting to make a decision to lose weight but yeah. what actually prompted you was there one thing in particular that made you think okay I'm going to start my journey now oh I prob probably not I don't think there was a pinpoint moment um I think I I knew I could get to where I wanted to be because just before I found out I was pregnant I was almost at target as a Slimming World member so I'd committed to that journey and I'd very uh, quite similar actually to the journey that I've just had to get to my Slimming World target committed myself and for me it's about being consistent and knowing that those habits are lifelong habits so it's not something that I can just do for a fad it's not something that I can just do as an extreme it's got to be something that I can uh, follow quite easily day to day so I was almost a Slimming World Target member before I found out I was pregnant and then I moved house also found out I was pregnant and lost touch with my Slimming World group and there were a couple of things in, in that that I really struggled with the fact that I need a Slimming World group or I need a, a, a place where I belong I really struggled to lose weight on my own um, so yeah I put on weight quite quickly um sort of during the lockdown period of my pregnancy so from March onwards I gained quite a lot of weight and the midwife appointments were you know in an caretaken a job done you know the appointment was the appointment but it was on my own uh, that was the only time I left house I went out for a walk with the dog once a day and quite literally took stay at home as stay at home so from that point, I gained a lot of weight during pregnancy. And then when I had Aubrey, um, we were still in lockdown or partial lockdown. So um, he didn't meet family members for quite a few weeks of his life because we couldn't socialise. And I'd kind of become used to it just being a bubble of us. Um, and during my pregnancy I'd eaten a lot of supporting local takeaways or restaurants that couldn't open that were now doing takeaway and you know people that had started making brownies at home to sell because they couldn't open their cake shop or whatever the situation was and I very much took eating for two 
very, very literally. And I joined, a, after having Aubrey, um, joined a virtual Slimming World group, but struggled to juggle sort of that being a new mom and the sort of commitment you've got to give to a, somebody else's life, not just your own, really struggled with, with I lost a couple of stone um, with a virtual group. But then when I went back to work, life sort of returned to normality. We got to socialise again. I really got out there and I did. And we were meeting people for food or for drinks and, yeah, piled it back on and more. So, yeah, I'd got to a point where I was probably, the well, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. And that was when so that that was last year or earlier this yeah, year that it you... was august i joined uh we joined the slimming world group at the end of august last year and okay. then fast forward sort of eight months i'd lost five and a half stone that's amazing yeah. that's absolutely fantastic because i know you've also been a target member now for a couple of months i, I think back in may yes. you, you reached your target so I, I wasn't aware you'd had a a slimming world journey before having Aubrey and yeah. then started again with that. And I mean, you've just explained some things there about being pregnant and managing being a mum and having a young baby. It's so demanding. It's so tiring. So yeah, I, I think as a new mum, you know, it's, you have to be kind to yourself during that period and you're really just trying to get through that. You've got so many mixed emotions, tiredness and happiness and trying to do the best you can for your baby and, and just get through that. And what I would say is the fact that you made that decision then when you saw the window of opportunity or you felt that the time was right was to return to it. And there's something else you said that, that made me smile that you, you took it literally eating for two. Yeah. And during my wife's pregnancies, I learned something. I learned two quite interesting things. The first of all is that a woman actually only needs, I think, a couple of hundred extra calories a day during the pregnancy to give the baby everything they need. The second thing I learned is never tell your wife she only needs an extra 200 calories a day while she's pregnant. <laughs> that's, that's just, I, I, I said it once and I will never, I would never have said yeah, it again. I don't think anybody could have taken the brownies away from me when I was pregnant. Absolutely not. Yeah, they were definitely my brownies. But yeah. I think and you were I'd, supporting local businesses, weren't you, Jodie? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I think I got to the point where, you know, another brownie was just one step too far and enough was enough and being able to socialize again um sort of there were two aspects to it one I was a bit nervous about socializing because of COVID and because we've been in, in lockdown and I was trying to protect my baby but also mm -hmm. I think the I remember going to an event I was always back at work I'd piled the weight back on and more and I went to an event where I was giving a, a talk to a group of local employees. So some of them I knew. Um, I went into the venue and one of the ladies that I know, that I've not seen obviously for a couple of years because of maternity leave and because of COVID, um, mm -hmm. sort of looked through me like she didn't recognise me. And I remember at that point feeling she doesn't know who I am because I'm five and a half stone heavier than I should be. Um, and there are moments like that that, make you think about losing weight but it was actually probably another eight months after that point where I decided to go back to Slimming World so there wasn't really one defining moment that sort of pinged and pinpointed get back to group um, but I think for me a lot of people not recognizing me or um, you know the even I think the negative thoughts that I had about myself were ba quite bad and, but not only 
the impact that they had on me, the negative thoughts, but actually how I could change maybe a, a group dynamic. So to give you an example, if we'd go out um, and I, even before we left the house, couldn't find anything that I felt comfortable wearing, didn't like the way that I looked, automatically I'm in a negative mood. So before I've left, before I've even met up with friends or whatever, I'm feeling rubbish and I'm maybe a bit grumpy. And then I meet up with friends or family and they all look really good. So I automatically hate the people that I'm around because they all look better than me, which is absolutely ridiculous because the family and friends and you love them to bits, you're actually the hate is directed at yourself you know you've already talked yourself out of having a good time before it's begun and you talk yourself down and I think that that I'd got to the point where I couldn't do that to myself anymore and enough was enough like I had a I needed to be a positive role model for somebody else and it's so true and it does sound really cheesy but it's so true that you've got to love yourself and you've got to accept yourself before you can be a role model or actually you know live that positive life like the amount of positivity that I've got now and I'm not an angel like I eat food or overeat in certain situations or consume more calories than I might have intended in certain situations but the only person that would ever stop me from achieving the, my goal or living the life that I want to be living right now is myself and so you've I'm, taken ownership for it absolutely and, and that's so important and not only that we'll, we'll talk about the fact you know you've just said you know you're not an angel because you do overeat sometimes but I think that's all just part of normal day-to-day yeah. life and the balance that you have to find but going back to what you said before about the fact that unless you love yourself unless you are able to find that worthiness to yeah. actually do something positive for yourself. And this is perhaps why it took you as long as it did, Jody, in terms of months to actually get started. Because when you feel rubbish about yourself, when you have a lot of negative self-talk, finding that motivation to get started, do something positive for yourself and talk yourself into the fact that you are worth doing it for, it can be very difficult to find. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to cheer yourself on when you sort of you dislike yourself to a certain level. Um, exactly yeah, that yeah and I think as well you said that the people that you love the most they can often be the people who receive some of that that unintended anger and shame and yeah. feelings of low self-worth and that can impact your relationships with those close to you as well which is a again you end up although you might not be the kind of person who can admit it openly in that moment when it goes quiet and you think about it, you think geez I I might have caused that argument just because I was having a bad day. Or I couldn't yeah. find something I wanted to wear. And Absolutely. It can be so difficult. And you strike me as such a positive person, Jodie, just from talking to you, you know, for the time that we've been speaking, that it just sounds like it, it wasn't your true self when you were going through that. It was yeah. you, but you needed to find yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Just, yeah, my whole sort of outlook on life completely changed. And I'm saying yes to things that I probably never, ever would have done before. Yeah, just the opportunity, even this, you know, chatting to you. Obviously, I'm here for a reason because I've lost weight, but I know that having those negative thoughts about myself in the past, I never would have put myself in a position um, to be able to enjoy stuff like this. So, yeah, you know, life's all about those pleasures and, yeah, positivity, absolutely. It's It's got to be there. Of course. And I think one of the things that you sharing this journey will do will inspire people listening to it who are perhaps feeling like you did back then 
because it gives people hope. It gives people that opportunity to think, okay, maybe there is something I can do for myself and I will feel better. So why not give it a go? Which I think is so important. And the the journey that you've been on with Slimming World, looking through your posts, I can see you're a real cheerleader of Slimming World. And, you know, if you follow it properly, you're a strong advocate that it will fully work for you. And what is it that you found about Slimming World that worked so well for you, Jodie? I think the, um, the, I find it easy because it's, it, when you do break it down, it is quite simple. And I think it's got the, the message for me to people that are in a position where they want to lose weight is you've got to find something that works for you. So I wouldn't be able to count calories every day because, you know, new mum or young mum, busy lifestyle, working full time. And it, it, I just find it easy and the flexibility, like I can eat whatever I want. So I used to get really, really angry with people that would say to me in the beginning, oh, you can't eat that because you're on Slimming World. And I'd get feel really defensive and say, I can eat what I want. I'm just choosing not to. And I think that's really important. So find something that you enjoy. Like I love food and I, I, I've always loved food. You know, that's why I'm chatting to you now. But the majority of the weight that I lost, I think probably five stone, four and a half stone. I did just through diet. Um, and then in the sort of end, coming to the end of getting to my Slimming World target, I picked up the couch to 5K app, started running, uh, just done a 10K. Uh, and wow. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you laughing there, almost <laughs> like you don't believe you're don't the believe one saying it. it. I, know. <laughs> no, I, I don't. But like well done. It. That's the thing. Like I'm doing things that I never would have put myself up for or put myself in a position to do. And, um, uh, yeah, the exercise, it doesn't come natural to me. I wouldn't say I love it at the time, but the sense of achievement that I get when I've run, even if it's just a short distance, is it's mega. You know, it makes me happy. And that's why I love Slimming World, because I can eat what I want. I just have to be mindful and I can be in control. So if I want to eat ice cream for my breakfast, I can do, but then that will determine... Um, I ate cake for breakfast on holiday. I'm not going to deny yeah, it. Yeah, I've got a feeling cake cake would have been a different answer. Yeah, but just just ice cream for breakfast. Well, maybe don't I'll try think, it one day. Yeah, I don't think so. But if I wanted to, you know, I don't, I don't because that's not what I want to do. But if I wanted to eat, you know, whatever I want, if I want to fry up for my breakfast, I can have it. I just have to be sensible about the other things I do that day, and that's what I like about Slimming World. The flexibility it gives me that control. And actually, I fill my plate with a lot of, without having to count calories, a lot of low-calorie foods. I, you know, I bulk it out with the veg. And yeah, love it. I could talk to you for hours about Slimming World. No, that's great. I, I'm always happy to meet people who have found a plan that works for them. And just by default, have a lot of people from Slimming World on here. Yeah. And you've, you've given some good balance because a lot of people, like you said, think that Slimming World or find in their case, Slimming World restrictive. But one person, I can't remember who it was, was really honest and said that it could be just because I don't like cooking that much. Yeah. I was like, wow. That's the thing. I, like I cook a lot. So I prepare, you know, majority of the time I prepare all my own food. I cook, we cook as a family. I, I you know, I do the cooking, but, um, we all eat the same foods. So it's not like I'm following a plan where I have to have one meal and the family have something else. We all eat the same. I think one of one of the big things that I've never really spoke about throughout this journey, and it's quite ironic really, because I work in a distillery, but booze is a massive factor in my weight loss. I didn't drink for almost a year. I didn't put a time limit on it. I didn't set myself a challenge, but I stopped drinking before I went back to Slimming World. 
purely because I was feeling really down after drinking. Um, it left me feeling quite anxious, beer fear, the two-day hangovers, and I decided that that wasn't really a place where I wanted to be after a weekend, especially, again, with a young family. So I, I stopped drinking just to ease off the booze for a little bit, just to see how it would make me feel. And I found that I felt so much better um, and actually it helped my weight loss. Wow, that's, that's a good break. Yeah. And there's so many factors, I think, with drinking that contribute to not just, it's not just pure calories. It's the decisions you make when you're drinking. It's the lack of energy or motivation to do things after you've been drinking. Yeah. It impacts you at every level. And yeah. I think it's one of these things that you you don't appreciate until you give yourself that chance to take a break. Absolutely. I, said, wow. I didn't realize how much it impacted, like you say, your, your motivation or your energy levels to even if it's on a Monday and a Tuesday when you get up for work and you feel all right because, you know, you've had a boozy weekend and you can get up, you can function, you're fine. But actually not drinking, it just gave me like so much more focus. Um, but I think as well, like one of the things for me when I drink, I eat and I'll eat a handful of crisps or a handful of nuts and then I'll have whatever is around me and I'll have the pizza after a night out. And it's just, a, it's not a great cycle for me. Um, but again, you know, I've had a couple of drinks since I went on holiday, like a glass of Prosecco here and there. And I feel like I can do that now and, and not lose control. Which is great. And again, that's something last year I stopped drinking for three months because I was really focused on wanting to lose weight and decided to cut it out just because it it didn't serve me. It, it just for that yeah. time, I, it gave me a different focus. And since then, I've never gone back to drinking as much as I did. I I mean, I'm nearly 40 now. I don't drink as much as I did like 20 years ago. <laughs> but just this, this recent weekend, and I'm doing a lot of work on myself at the moment and um, reading a really good book called The Kindness Method. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I, I'll put a link to it because it's really very, very good. And basically, I just went through this last weekend thinking about, will it serve me? Do I want to do this? And checking in with myself. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, we didn't go out as such. And that's usually the worst thing. We're just at home having a barbecue, some family come over. And it's quite easy to go from Friday evening, a couple of drinks, Saturday lunch, a couple of drinks, Saturday evening, a yeah. couple of drinks, Sunday, a couple of drinks. And it adds up. And so I've kind of made this almost like a challenge myself. For, I'm not going to drink Monday to Thursday. And then I can drink Friday, Saturday or Sunday, but not two days in a row. But even then, limit the days, but also consider, do I really need to drink more of that than that? Because I want to get up at six o'clock the next morning and focus on something different. What I wanted to ask as well, Jodie, is you've talked about the success you've had losing five and a half stone in a, you know, a matter of months, less than a year, if I'm right. It's about eight months or something, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So in that time, has it been easy for you? Because you must have lost a considerable amount of weight consistently week after week to be able to achieve that. Yeah. So has it my, been easy? It has. So it, it feels strange saying so. Um, it, I think the, the hardest part for me is actually where I'm at now. Um, so the journey to, to to losing the five and a half stone was easy and I loved it and I loved the thrill every week getting on the weighing scales and seeing that I'd lost weight and I loved the you know people said oh you've lost a stone you should have dropped a dress size and I didn't see that initially I was still wearing the same size clothes for a good few months but 
I've never been, never enjoyed clothes shopping, never really been a girly girl, but I have enjoyed picking a summer wardrobe this year. And those are the things that made it easy because it's, I, I did love the thrill of seeing the loft on the scales, but also like being more mobile, running around after a little boy, not going to the park and feeling self-conscious about being an overweight mum are the things that just made me smile the whole way through. So yeah, I found that easy. I'm sort of, when I got to Target was a bit, oh, what do I do now? Because I'm not going to see a loss on the scales next week. And oh, should I actually eat this extra food? Do I need more? Um, I don't, you know, if people are familiar with the sins that you get on Slimming World, they're the things that you've got to measure and count. And um, do I actually need more sins? Do I need these healthy extras? So navigating a journey at Target's been more difficult for me than actually losing the weight. And this is something that I was going to get on to ask you about now that you've been at at Target, your Target weight for a couple of months, because from everyone I've spoken to and with my knowledge of not just at Slimming World, but when people hit a Target, they either lower the Target because it's what they know how to do in terms of losing weight. They feel comfortable regardless of whether or not they feel they necessarily need to lose more weight. It's almost, I don't want to say institutionalized them, but they're kind of like, they know how to lose weight. They, they know what to do. So it just becomes, okay, if I lose more weight, then that way I don't have to worry about maintaining my weight, which is one thing. And then another thing, people kind of relax a little bit and think, well, okay, well, I've lost the weight now. I can you know take my foot off the gas, eat a little bit more, which is usually a recipe for regaining yeah. weight. Yeah. Or people kind of feel like in no man's land and don't really know how to manage it. So it sounds as though it has been a bit tricky for you yeah, to do. I, I think I felt all of those things you've just weirdly just mentioned. So like I did initially when I got to my original target, I lowered it slightly um, because, yeah, maybe part of that, I liked the loss and I knew that I could lose more weight. Not a massive amount. I didn't lower it massively, but I did. And then I think the... Um, Oh, I'm in no man's land, actually. What do I do now? Uh, you do get a maintenance plan when you're on Sunning World, but I've not actually really followed that. And there's been a couple of things that have also, I think, made me sort of grateful for the fact that it, they make you feel a little bit human. So I went on holiday. Like, I am going to go on holiday uh, a lot. I love going on holiday. I am going to overindulge on holiday. I've got to manage that. I've got to be able to do that for the rest of my life. So I've sort of navigated a holiday quite well. I made some good choices. I made some not so great choices and I had a really good time. But unfortunately, when we got back off our holiday, um, our dog died and um, he was my first baby. Um, I never planned children. I wanted a dog and Neville was my baby. And the I think the most trickiest thing that I found throughout the entire part of being at Target is grieving I've been through a grieving process and navigating the grief has been the most difficult thing for me because I've realized actually I still do have some unhealthy relationships with food but I'm sort of damn proud that I've managed that and yeah it's been a weird uh, few weeks for me but I kind of feel a little bit stronger knowing that I can get through those situations that are going to test me. I'm sorry to hear about Neville. Oh, thank sad. you. Um, I know. It was my baby, honestly. An absolute no, yeah, best dog's dog a part ever. of the family. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's something I've only you know, we've got our we've got a dog now. It's my first dog I've ever had. So I never really quite understood people being so 
not obsessed with their dogs, but but how attached you could become to it. Oh yeah, the love, and yeah, the love and real. the hate in equal measures. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, there's things he does that drive me absolutely crazy. But he's been with us now a couple of years, and I just would not change him for the world. You know, it, it's yeah. it's amazing. It's such a bond. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned something there really interesting because we've talked about obviously going on holiday and overindulging, and these are moments where you would expect or special occasions where you would expect to perhaps gain some weight. But something that we don't often talk about is coping mechanisms and how even though you've lost the weight, you hadn't really been tested no. in terms of a coping mechanism until losing Neville. And this is something that I think for some people, no, not just some people, a lot of people is that during that journey of losing weight, if you've been fortunate and haven't had grief tested or any situations occur in your life that require an emotional response yeah your coping mechanisms don't necessarily get challenged and Mm -hmm. I'm always curious to think about to what extent weight loss plans help you develop better coping mechanisms as well as losing weight yeah and I think that goes back to um the why something well works for me and that is uh, absolutely, gr- we call it group informally. Uh, Slimming World's term for it is image therapy. And that's where you get weighed and then you stay to the group and you talk to other members about what's going on. And there's hot topics as well for Slimming World. And coincidentally, the week that Neville died, the podcast that Slimming World released um, was about grief. It was really strange, really, uh, you know, just coincidental. And there are things like that that have helped me deal with it. But I think the um, tools just along the way, like when I've stayed to my Slimming World group, visualisation, like how do I want to feel if I eat five bags of crisps? I might feel like shit, but I'm going to eat them and I'll deal with it after or I'm not going to eat them because I don't want to see a gain on the scales next week. That You know, the coping mechanisms, I guess, the that visualization definitely helps me but also I think there's been an element while dealing with the grief where I've thought sod it because I felt angry and dusted myself back off the day after and that's a new thing for me because had I been in this situation before I joined Slimming World it would have been written off that's it like you've had a bad day you've had a bad meal that is it now it's going to turn into a week and a month and you're going to regain the weight and that's something that I'm coping with and dealing with and and successfully dealing with which I've never done before and I know now that if I choose to eat a bad meal today I'm not going to put five and a half stone back on tomorrow so that doesn't ruin all my hard work and it's that balance that I was talking about at the beginning. Like I'm in a position now where I've got a really good balance and there's that rational part of my brain that I, I speak to quite a lot that I've never really had before. So I think that's how I've learned to cope with it. So inspiring hearing you talk, Jodie, really, because the thing about this balance is that I think a lot of people assume that when talking about having balance, it means keeping all things equal all of the time, which to me isn't the case. Balance for me is that when things swing in one direction, you have the tools and the power to bring it back so that it's balancing. Because there are going to be things, whether you are on a weight loss journey or whether you've never suffered with weight management problems a day in your life, there are going to be things throughout your life that throw you off balance. 
and everyone has different ways of dealing with them. For some people, it's drinking. For some people, they get angry. For some people, they get sad. For some people, they eat. And there's so many different ways of coping. But as humans, when we're really stuck with something difficult, we need a way to cope. And it just manifests in different ways. But what you've just described there about having a bad meal, having a bad day when, when things, outside things, impact you, but knowing deep down, okay, today might not have been the best day but there's always tomorrow. And that, that, that really, I think, says a lot about your development and your progress you've made on your journey. So really well done for that. Oh, thank you. What advice, Jodie, would you give to other people? You've already given a lot, to be fair, but do you have anything else that you would share with the Weight Loss Warrior tribe today? I've said this word so much, but consistency. Don't write off a bad meal. Don't write off a bad day it's going back to that point as well about being your own cheerleader because you know people around you your family if you have a bad meal and then it turns into a week and a month they're not necessarily going to realize the negative impact it's having on you so you've got to back yourself definitely and don't be afraid of that as well like I think the there's, there's so much influence on social media and pressures that we put on ourselves. You've got to back yourself and you've got to believe in yourself and keep that consistency there. And it doesn't mean, you know, all of the time having all of the things in place. It's how you manage the hiccups, I guess, isn't it? Exactly that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Jodie, I, I love looking at your Instagram account like i said before we started tonight i was having a look through you, you've got some amazing meals and recipes on there that you share of your food diary and and also you're just you're just honest and that's something i really like and i think that a lot of people will get so much from that because you're so genuine and, and transparent and and open where can people find you if they'd like to come and visit you on instagram on instagram it's joey underscore slimming underscore world joey underscore slimming underscore world that's fantastic yeah. and one thing, Jodie, that we haven't spoken about yet, and I think, you know, deserves an extra special congratulations, is recently, and well, I say recently, but I think you're in the current edition of Slimming World magazine. Yes, is that right? I am. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely. Tell me about Br- this. Oh, brilliant. So quite active on social media. We posted my foods and my progress, I guess. And uh, one of the lovely writers contacted me on Instagram and she said, can I start collecting some information on you? Maybe a month or two later, I got a call to say, can you come to a photo shoot? And one of the reasons, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I started saying yes to a lot of things that I wouldn't necessarily have said yes to before. Um, but one of the things that sort of pushed me to do the Slimming World magazine uh, was that they wanted Aubrey in it as well, because they'd sense that he was a massive part of my weight loss journey and he gets involved in prepping the veg and he eats the same food that I do. So we went along to a Slimming World photo shoot and yeah, they shared my story in the magazine. That's amazing. And I'm back in the UK in two weeks. So that means every time I, the first thing I do at the airport, as soon as I get to the UK is to buy a copy of a Slimming World magazine because <laughs> yeah. I always have a look through it. So I'll pick it up and I'll send you a photo of me looking at you in a magazine. Awesome. Um, <laughs> But how nice as well that they wanted Aubrey to be part of that. And I can imagine, although you didn't say it just then, as a parent, when he gets older, being able to show him that and without doing it in an arrogant way, but really just for yourself saying, look, I did this so you can have a better life and so that we can have a happier life together. Yeah, absolutely. Proud moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. That's so nice. And, and I think that's a great way to finish the episode, Jodie, because it's been fantastic speaking to you. 
you've achieved so much. You're now a star of a magazine and a star of a Weight Loss Warrior podcast. Thank you for being today's Weight Loss Warrior. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Cheers. Thanks, Carl. Take care of yourself. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new Weight Loss Warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.